The NBA season is right around the corner, and you want to get ready for the NBA season, you should check out DraftKings. DraftKings, it's a great start for the NFL season as well. It's only getting better with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. DraftKings is putting new customers in the center of the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in all the action now. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay on the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. As I mentioned, the NBA season, my friends, are right around the corner. And you say, you know what? It's a new season for the league. I'm going to get into DraftKings. And you really should because you got to see how you stack up against the competition. Feel the NFL action like never before with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And the best part is you can deposit withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the code WMVP. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Enter the code WMVP for a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit. That's code WMVP only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hey, you want to get into the NBA? The season's running around the corner. Training camp is opening. Consider DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. You can always find this show on Spotify. Just download Spotify and subscribe to this podcast or say what's up to you all on the Cap'n J Hood podcast feed. Of course, you know, basketball, the NBA is right around the corner. College basketball is right around the corner as well. And I'm glad that you're with us for this podcast. So on this show, we will address a couple of things when it comes to the NBA. One of them is Ben Simmons. Did you see the story? I know that David Kaplan and I talked about this story on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. You can hear that 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time on the ESPN Chicago app and, of course, on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. So we will talk about Ben Simmons. We'll have a special guest, my guy from Philly, Cliff Augustin from ESPN Radio will join me to talk about Ben Simmons and what's going on in Philly regarding Simmons. Simmons wants a trade. He wants out. I'll give you my thoughts on that in just a moment. Also, you'll hear from Doc Rivers. You'll hear from Amin Hassan, and also Kendrick Perkins about the Ben Simmons fallout. And at this point in time, let's talk a little bit about the Bulls because the Bulls, like the rest of the NBA, right around the corner. And so my initial thought on the Bulls is this, that the reason why that the Bulls did a sign and trade with Lonzo Ball, four years, $85 million, and traded away Thomas Sadoransky, and they drafted Io DeSumo, and they signed uh, Devon Dotson. The reason why they did that is because the Bulls don't want to be in the lottery anymore. And if you're Arturis Konrashovis and if you're Mark Eversley, you're like, boy, this team just continues to spin it, spins its wheels. It's like you got to do something different, right? And so the Bulls did make some improvements. I think it starts with the lead guard spot, right? So Lonzo Ball followed by Kobe White and Io, I think is a formidable threesome as far as the lead guard position is concerned. Lonzo Ball at this point in time is better than Kobe White. And so you had to be able to get better there 
uh, as far as the lead guard is concerned. As far as the wing players are concerned, so you got Zach Levine, and it'll be interesting to see if he signs this year or after the next offseason to the Bulls, or does he go elsewhere? Big question. DeMar DeRozan, I like the DeMar DeRozan upgrade over Garrett Temple. Temple was a fine veteran for the Bulls, but DeMar DeRozan, even though you take a look at his three-point shot, it's not as where it needs to be. He's just a solid veteran. I just think that he can give you a double-double each night. I believe he can do that. And again, the Bulls were bereft of quality scoring, and so I think you got that now with DeRozan. Alex Caruso, it's funny, I was talking to my cousins the other week about uh, Alex Caruso, and they're like, oh, why did you pay so much money to Alex Caruso? I said, well, first of all, four years, $37 million to Alex Caruso. I mean, he had to cash in at some point, right? LeBron James will miss Alex Caruso on that team. You may not think much of Alex Caruso, and you think that he's just a, just a warm body. I watched him in the G League grind in, with the South Bay Lakers when I was doing Winnie City Bulls basketball. I watched this dude grind in the G League. And he earned a spot in the NBA. He's just a guy, a tryhard guy, and a pretty good quality player defensively. I don't say top 10, I ain't saying top 5, but the dude can guard his position well. And LeBron's going to miss a kind of hard hat, lunch pail type dude like Alex Caruso. I think he works well with Chicago. So I'm good with Caruso as an upgrade over Denzel Valentine, who didn't get a chance to play, right? Then you have Troy Brown Jr. who's back with the team, and then uh, Javante Green is with this ball club. So I think the wing players, especially top-heavy with Levine and DeRozan, and then what Caruso can bring as far as the intangibles, not a bad deal. The DeRozan deal, three years, $85 million. Well, again, a, a solid veteran that, that can be able to improve here. They got better on their wings. There's no question about that. Uh, DeRozan and Levine together, they're going to have a lot of guys that can hurt you in a variety of ways. The offense is, is going to be so much harder to prepare for, especially when you've got to factor in Vucevic. And we're going to get to him uh, right here. The bigs, right? So Vucevic, Tony Bradley, that's your one-two as far as your bigs are concerned. Vucevic is a walking 2010. Yet you'd like for the Bulls to be able to have Daniel Tice in the mix, but you had to trade something to get something, right? I like Tice as at least a backup on this roster, but he was traded away. Uh, and so I like Vucevic, as I mentioned, a walking 2010 is a big guy that can step out, shoot the three. He also can be able to um, get points in the inside, in the painted area. So I'm totally good with this. Um, and again, your backup was Tony Bradley. We'll see how that works. I think that, that might be a downgrade from Daniel Tice. Uh, we'll see. Uh, the only thing I think about when it comes to bigs is what if with Daniel Gafford, right? I saw with Washington, I thought, boy, good things happening for him. Let's move over to the forwards now and talk a little bit about Larry Markkinen. Markkinen didn't tell the coaching staff. Markkinen didn't tell Casey Johnson or didn't tell those that cover the Bulls. Hey, you know what? I'm thinking about moving on. He told a Finnish newspaper overseas, like he thought that the Bulls were not giving him up, them, you know, him an opportunity, and he feels like he's second rate on this team, and he wants to go someplace else. Here's what the Bulls thought of Laurie Markkinen: We'll trade you in the division, dog. We will let you go to Cleveland. <laughs> That's what they thought of Laurie Marketing. Good luck to him. But as I saw Chris Black and Nick Friedel at the time of the draft, I said, I'm not sure that Marketing is the best player on this Arizona team. And I think he showed some flashes, but he was not available. And he had injuries. And so that's why Marketing is no longer here. Patrick Williams. 
again, 19, 20 years of age, we will see how he grows. Uh, Patrick Williams was a sixth man on a very packed Florida State team for Leonard Hamilton. And I think that Patrick Williams can grow into something, again, defensive first. My ceiling for him is Jimmy Butler. And because remember when Jimmy came out of Marquette, you remember this, right? So Jimmy Butler is a defensive player that Tom Thibodeau loved. And he grew into his offense. He grew into being a better two-way player. And I think that that's great. Um, So here's what I look at with the forwards. And I think that the Bulls... Big thing is that they're, I think they're a little small. Keep in mind, they traded away Alfarico Aminu, also Thaddeus Young. He was traded as well. And uh, they traded for Derek Jones Jr. I think that the Bulls are not very strong at the forwards. And that's not because Markkinen and Thaddeus Young were traded. I just don't know how much production you're getting out of that position. So I'll keep my eyes on that. They got worse. Uh, but again, when you have DeRozan on the team, he can make up for it. And then the growth of Patrick Williams, you're hoping he could take a couple of steps. But downgrading from Laurie Marketing to Derrick Jones Jr. from a talent standpoint, that could hurt. Um, and, and again, Marketing was never available enough to know whether or not he could be for this team, be on this team for the long haul. Um, but that's one position I look at where I thought I think the Bulls are a little small. Patrick Williams will be the best forward on the roster, and that's scary because he's not even 21 yet. And then there's Derek Jones. Let's keep our eyes on how that develops. But I believe that the Bulls got better, and I know that you got to trade something to get something. And so I just like the aggressiveness of the Bulls at least trying to do something more than just sit in the lottery, get picks that you don't play, stash the Euro, don't underdevelop players. At least the Bulls made some moves. Now, again, I'm always the first to tell you that I'm not all about activity trying to trump accomplishment. I've never been that guy. When I think about when you're trying to make moves, you're trying to get better, right? And so I think the Bulls have gotten better. I think that they're a playoff team based on its roster, but I am concerned that the Bulls are a little small and need to be able to maybe make another move for a four or a hybrid three or four on this roster. But again, everything is stacked with Zach Levine and DeRozan and Lonzo Ball and Vucevic. And that should get you to be in the middle of the pack of the East. At least it should, right? Uh, But I like what I see here with this team. Let me move on to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons wants a trade. And do you know... Look, we've all gone through it. I can speak for myself. I've gone through it. I've learned over the years that the easiest thing that you can do in this world is just quit. Just flat out quit. I don't give a shit. I'm just quitting. And with Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons has been a strange player in the NBA. Strange only in this regard. Elite defender. A guy has the electricity to go to the basket and score. But... He's got the yips. He's got Steve Sachs. He's got Steve Blass. He's got Rick Ankeel. The inability to have the confidence enough to do what you have to do to win. And I mentioned these other baseball players because these guys had the yips. Like I remember Mackie Sasser is a catcher. He can he w- was a catcher for the Mets and could not throw the ball back to the mound. He'd throw it to second, he'd throw it to first, but he had this mental block of throwing it back to the pitcher. It was so strange. Rick Hankill could not throw strikes. Steve Blash Blast could not throw strikes. It was just very strange, right? 
So the same thing with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has a hard time being able to just shoot the basketball. He won't shoot it from three, which you know, bigs and smalls and everything in, in between, everyone shoots threes except Ben Simmons. He doesn't want to get to the foul line because that means he has to shoot the basketball to get to the foul line. So he's just got to be able to improve. And so now he wants out because he feels butthurt that Doc Rivers is not, was not enamored about how he played in the playoffs. I don't understand why Ben is just giving it up now. I don't understand this. I mean, if I'm him, I'm working my butt off in the gym all summer to try to get better with my jump shot. He could do everything else on the floor that you'd want, but he separates himself from being a 3-2 player to a 5-2 player by just not getting better or trying to get better shooting the basketball. So some thoughts here from Doc Rivers, the head coach for the Sixers. Chicago's own Doc Rivers was on first take uh, on Wednesday morning, September 22nd. First time because Doc doesn't usually do media, but Doc talked about Ben Simmons and says, I want him on the team. Coach, did he tell you guys, meet with you guys face-to-face and tell y'all he wanted out? I spoke to somebody yesterday. They said that's exactly what he did. Yeah, I mean, it was a good conversation. Um, and, he, and he gave us reasons, which we obviously didn't agree with. Um, but, you know, Stephen, I, I think in sports, and you've been around it a lot, um, there's been so many times that this has happened that hasn't been reported, and the guy comes back. So... Listen, we're going to go through it. Um, we're going to always do what's best for the team. Uh, but I can tell you up front, we would love to get Ben back. And if we can, we're going to try to do that. You know, Ben has a long contract. So it's, it's, no, it's in our hands, and, and we want him back. But in the aftermath of the, of the loss to the Atlanta Hawks in Game 7, you were on the record saying at that particular moment in time that you didn't know whether or not he was the point guard of the future for a championship franchise. Joel Embiid was on the record, you know, questioning the play where he passed up the dunk and gave the ball, uh, you know, to Dybul, that that played a big yeah, role. I, I want to cor- correct Please that. Do. Please do. Please yeah, I Please want do. to correct that because I, I would love you guys to play what I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, and I've told you this before, Stephen A., never said what was reported. The question was asked about Dan. It was the first question after we just lost the game seven. My answer was, I'm not answering any of that stuff right now, guys. I don't even know how to answer that. That had nothing to do was about Ben. I was basically saying, I'm not answering that crap, those questions. Uh, and so what disappointed me, and I don't, you know, I don't do this media thing very right. often. You never see me do that. Right. Um, it was being portrayed that I was out there saying, I don't think we can win with Ben. And I do. I, I told Ben that the next day. Um, what, what really disappointed me was the next day I went on and said, guys, I know exactly what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And no one heard it. They just kept running their narrative. So, you know, I've been in sports a long time and, and I'm not rep- misrepresented very often. But in that case, I was. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, ben knows. Uh, Rich knows, and I know. He says Rich, and he's talking about Rich Paul, the agent for Ben Simmons. So that's Doc Rivers with Stephen A. Smith on First Take this morning. I just know that Ben Simmons has a great opportunity, great opportunity to really be a great player in the league, an all-around great player in the league. And just for him to fold the tent is just like, no, I just want to be traded. And it's just kind of like, 
man, the Sixers have something that could really be brewing and special. And we understand that the Brooklyn Nets are going to be another, uh, especially if they're healthy and if they stay together, they could be the favorites in the East, even though the Bucks just won the championship. The Bucks will be right there as well as one of the favorites to win the East. But Philadelphia can't be that far behind. They have to be at least in the top four as far as talent if they stay together. And, and it's just, to me, it is disappointing because I believe that Ben Simmons could grow into a terrific player for this basketball team if he just puts the time in. But just to say, oh, Rich, I just want out of here because Doc Rivers doesn't think that I'm a key piece. Well, if you feel like if Doc Rivers is the reason why that Ben Simmons is leaving, then he never really was committed to the Sixers. If he just wants out because he wants out, that's fine. And I know that's typical of some Rich Paul uh, clients that they just want to just bounce out of one situation and go to another. But, I mean, if you're still not putting the work in, I don't care if he gets traded to Sacramento, Minnesota, Cleveland, Portland, whatever. He'll, he'll run into the same problems. If you're afraid to shoot the basketball, it will show. And the bottom line is, is that what we saw – in the playoffs last year where he was, for whatever reason, hesitant to be able to go to the basket and pass it off to a defending player, a defensive player on his team like Tybal, I don't understand why that happened. I will tell you this. If he does sit out, the Sixers should find his ass. Find him for every day that he's not going to come to training camp. And I will tell you this also, that if he doesn't start the season, the Sixers might look like Seth Curry, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, and Tyrese Maxey. Uh, that's not exactly giving you thoughts that the Sixers can be able to take it to another level. I mean, I, I mean, and Shake Milton's on that team, and Cork Moss is on that team. Tybalt's I, I just and Andre Drummond's on that team, but it's just um, it's just disappointing because I really think that Ben Simmons. If he didn't put time in, I did see some videos on Ball is Life and a couple other uh, Twitter feeds where you did see Ben working out. But just wanting to leave, I mean, Doc Rivers, an ultimate team, uh, player coach, you leave Doc Rivers because why? Because you're, you're mad because Doc Rivers was just so disenchanted with the team after the loss? Yeah, I'd be pissed off too. And then Doc says, you know, you guys need to play exactly what I said and because I'm being misrepresented. Well, if he's explained that to Ben and Ben still wants to leave, fine, fine. Just let him go. But uh, it would be at my price if I'm the Sixers, right? I'm not just going to give him away. It'd be at my price. Uh, that is for sure. So I just, I, I, I just w- wish that he would reconsider Ben Simmons. He could reconsider because I think that the Sixers are a very good basketball team. My man Amin El Hassan, we're going to get him on the podcast sometime soon. Amin El Hassan from Sirius XM NBA Radio and also part of Meadowlark Media with Dan Lebertard and Stu Gotts uh, was on NBA Radio talking about this whole situation with Ben Simmons. By not showing up, you probably helped the team. I always say that the best way to get traded is not to sit out. The best way to get traded is to show up and be an absolute jackass. Jimmy Just Butler style in Minnesota. Jimmy Butler, James Harden in Houston, where they're like, we're prepared for it to get uncomfortable. And James Harden's like, okay. And he plays so bad, you got DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall in the postgame press. He's like, what are we doing here? If he doesn't want to play, don't play him. 
So, like, that's the way to get traded. By not showing up, you help the team by, like I said earlier, being like Augustus Hill and Oz and saying, I'm not, I have no hope of, I'd rather live with no hope of you walking through that door than to sit there and hear every time the door opens, is it Ben? Oh, no, it's someone else. Like, they're better off moving forward off of that. <laughs> Some thoughts there from Amin Al Hassan uh, talking about this. Yeah, but by not showing up, you help the team. Interesting thoughts there from Amin Al Hassan, a former front office executive with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, some other thoughts here from Kendrick Perkins, right? So there's been thoughts on exactly who would come to Sixers if Ben Simmons was traded. The number one thing I've heard is Portland, right, with C.J. McCollum. Not Lillard being traded, but C.J. McCollum coming to Philadelphia. Maybe he needs a change of, a change of scenery in um, Portland as well. We'll see. Kendrick Perkins talks about John Wall. John Wall in Philly with Joel Embiid is better than Ben Simmons in Philly with Joel Embiid. Let's hear from Kendrick Perkins from ESPN. Last year, we got to see glimpses of the old John Wall. You know, he still averaged 20 and 7 last year. And I get it, he only shot 40%. But he never really got a good rhythm because of the way that Houston was low managing him. He's still in his prime. And I think in the right situation, around the right coach, that's going to put him in position to be successful and he get the right bodies around him, I still think John Wall could help somebody. I could see John Wall going to like, you know, the Clippers or, or even maybe Philly. I don't know what's going on with the Ben Simmons situation, but I think John Wall in Philly with Joel and B is better than Ben Simmons in Philly with Joel and B because John Wall are actually going to take those shots and be aggressive. John Wall is not going to be afraid to go to the free throw line. So, you know, I know his, his contract, he's, he's due almost $100 million over the next two years. But, you know, at the end of the day, I still think he has something to offer to a contender team. Kendrick Perkins talking on NBA Radio uh, about John Wall, the possibility of him going to Philadelphia. Hey, our podcast is brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Hey, think about this. NBA fans, it is right around the corner. The season's coming quick. So I would suggest for you to check out DraftKings. I have it on my phone, on my devices. I want you to do that as well. Just download the app. See if it's for you. Just go around there. Check out the future bets that you can make as far as MVP, thinking about teams that are going to win the championship, you can do that uh, at DraftKings. Just download the app, DraftKings. They're good to us, so I want you to be good to them. DraftKings, uh, that's where you go. It is an awesome place, the official fantasy partner of the NFL and also great for the NBA and all sports as well. You can also find this podcast on Spotify as well. Tell people, Jonathan Hood Talks Basketball, uh, and one reason why we provide this podcast is because of DraftKings. The other reason why is because we need to talk more basketball, college and pro. This is You come to the right place. Definitely on the Captain J Hood podcast feed. That's where you can find this on the ESPN Chicago app. Also on Spotify. That's an easy way you can find all our NBA content, all our college basketball content on Spotify. Let me call Cliff Augustin because he's standing by from ESPN Radio. Let me get his thoughts on some of the goings on in the NBA, including what's going on with Ben Simmons. He's a big Sixers fan and he's not happy. There he is. We got to talk about the Sixers because of what's going down in Philly with Ben Simmons. Cliff Augustin from ESPN Radio joins me here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. What's up, Cliff? 
Jay Hoodie, man. I, you know I love coming on here whenever Sixers <laughs> pop off. So whenever you give me that call, whenever you shoot me that text, like, hey, Cliff, man, I need you. I'm ready to go, baby. I, I, I need you, man, because I got to get your insight on what is going on here. We, you and I had a discussion not too long ago about the Sixers and the offseason, how this gets better. And you were really, you know, on 10 talking about Simmons and disappointed in the way the Sixers season ended. Now he wants a trade. What was your initial reaction to that story? For him, wanting a trade is him not taking an ounce of responsibility uh, for not getting better, right? Like, the thing that people in Philly want is just for him to add to his game so we can actually be a championship contender. They get the number one seed in the playoffs and lose in the semis to a Hawks team who is inferior, but a good Hawks team at that, mm-hmm. but is inferior to the Sixers. Game seven, you lose three games at home on your home floor in that series. That's unacceptable, right? Right. And then the main play that Embiid pointed out at the end of the game was when, and you and listen, you remember this play. Ben Simmons went up for the layup, then passed the ball to Matisse Thibault, who's double covered, just to have Matisse Thibault get fouled and then make one of two free throws. And then the Hawks go on a run after that and win the game and close it out in the fourth quarter. Guy goes 0 for 7 in the fourth quarter of the series. Yet somehow, John, somehow he became the victim of this whole entire situation. I Like, it blows my mind and I don't get it. And I'm so disappointed in Rich Paul for enabling this type of behavior, but I guess the agent has to listen to his client in order to keep him satisfied. But there is not one ounce of blame that should go to anyone else but Ben Simmons himself. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care about any excuses. I Like, well, oh, the Sixers enabled him, da, da, da. No. At some point, right, you have to take accountability for how much better you want to get, right? Right. Like, if the organization is giving you anything and everything you want, and, and, and they're giving you player after player. You know, they tried they tried the Jimmy Butler thing. They they maxed out Tobias. They had shooter they had you surrounded by shooters, Seth Curry, JJ Reddick. They you have Joel Embiid as your teammate, who's arguably a top five player in the NBA right now, second in MVP voting this season. What what are you complaining about? What where were you where was he wrong in this whole entire scenario? Is what I'm trying to figure out for him to say, I'm never coming back to Philly, trade me now. Like I like it. It is. I can't wrap my head around it, John. It, it's crazy to me. I don't understand it either. Uh, because my whole thing is, if I'm Ben, I'm saying, look, I'm working to try to get better. And I've seen some of these videos. You probably seen the same thing on on Twitter, right? He's getting trying to get better I've on seen some these shots. Videos the last five years, John. Right. Like, I get it. I get <laughs> it. Watch, rinse, repeat. Like he, uh, Ben Simmons falls falls short in the playoffs. It, you know, he has his shortcomings. We know to say he doesn't shoot the ball. Uh, free throws are, you know, under 50% or right around 50%. I think in the Hawks series, he shot like 45% from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. And, and and then what do we do? Three weeks later, we magically see him in the gym with Chris Johnson doing the runs where they don't play no defense and he's pulling up <laughs> jumpers from wherever and then starts hitting them. And then they're like, oh, you know, maybe he's worked on a jump shot. Maybe he's worked on a jump shot. And then come season time, we don't see any of that. We don't see him shoot a jumper at all. This guy shot like 10 threes last year. He's attempted 10 threes last year. Like, this is this is disgraceful. And, it, it, like, his mindset is like, listen, I'm good at playing defense. I'm good at dishing the ball, which he is. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's very, very good at those things. Mm-hmm. He's, he's top tier in the league at – honestly, he's a top five passer in the league in my eyes. And he's, he's definitely a top five defender because I think he was runner-up in the um, defensive player of the year uh, standings to Rudy Gobert as well. 
So you know, he does he does hold his bargain. He does hold um hold his name on those ends of the floor. But at the same time, this is a shooting league. At some point you have to develop that into your game, whether it's at the free throw line or whether it's like a 10, 15 footer or some just be some form of a threat. And second of all, stop being scared. What? Listen, John, that layup was point blank yes. in that game seven. It was point blank. It was right there. I remember Tom against the Sixers radio play-by-play. He said, oh, he passed up an open dunk. He passed up an open dunk. That was everyone's initial thought when we saw that happen. Like, what? what is he terrified? I think he's scared of looking bad, which is which makes the difference between a champion and someone who's content. Look at Giannis, right? For years, Giannis was – he's developed his game. We saw his jumper was broke for, you know, God knows how long. And it's still not even all the way there. Mm-hmm. But guess what? He keeps going, right, John? That's right. He keeps shooting. He keeps shooting the ball. He keeps giving max effort. He keeps developing. He keeps trying to get better year after year, and which he does. And guess what? Guess what happened? He won a championship. Like, Ben Simmons has so much untapped potential, and it's, it's so crazy to me that he doesn't see that. Like, I think he thinks he's a finished product now, which is weird to me because I, I think he could, he could be way better than what he is now. Cliff, do, do you think that uh, you think that Ben is mad at Doc Rivers because of his comments after the game, after the playoffs? Um, I think he's mad because the organization kind of, right after that series, they kind of um, hinted that he could have been traded. I believe um, his name was in the mix for Harden when Harden was before Harden ended up in Brooklyn. Um, I think, you know, I think as a, you know, just from a human level, like I could see like why you could be upset that an organization be ready to trade you in any moment. But at the same time, isn't business business, right? Yes. Like, like this is, this is a business. You're still going to get the same money. Um, also, um, I, I don't know if the doc's comments really was the one, I, I think maybe, but Doc clarified today actually on uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max that that wasn't the direct comment. Um, when somebody asked him about, hey, whether it's Ben Simmons a championship point guard or is he a point guard right now, Doc Rivers said, like, I don't know about all that right now. I think Doc Rivers, it was taken out of context. I think Doc Rivers really meant, like, look, like, I just got off this game seven. Emotions are really high right now. Like, I, like, I don't know about any of this right now. We'll just, we got to figure all this out in the offseason. You know what I mean? I don't think he meant. Like, I don't know if Ben Simmons could ever be a championship point guard because he clarified today that he definitely could be on his team. So, you know, maybe Ben took that the wrong way and it wasn't clarified in that moment. Maybe he looked like he it looks like, you know, they didn't have his back, especially when Embiid pointed out that exact play that I'm talking about Mm -hmm. in that presser as well, too. So maybe a culmination of things of your name being on a trading block um, in that presser, people kind of calling you out. But in my eyes, that that would just have me just rise up to a better level and try to compete even harder. But, you know, some people take criticism differently, you know. It, it just depends on the person and how you was brought up. You know, this happens with Rich Paul. Um, people that Rich Paul represents, Cliff, there could be a possibility where people will look at Philly like, no, you don't want to play there. You don't want to play there. And I think that that could be the case. You know, this is kind of emblematic of Rich Paul clients. It's like, yeah, you know what? Oh, yeah? I just want to bounce. Therese Maxey, who's a Rich Paul client? Right. <laughs> well, that well now he well now it, he gives a chance to start. Right. So Tyrese Ma- Tyrese Maxey, who Rich Paul uh, uh, allegedly wanted in any type of Simmons trade package. Yeah. Um. You know when that when this all came out initially after the season, Tyrese Maxey's like, no, nah, I'm good here in Philly. Like people like me. You know why? Because he plays hard. Right. All all you can really do 
is asked if somebody plays hard into the best of their ability, right? Right. Like, Therese Maxey isn't, like, all-world, but he's a solid player, a late first-rounder that we picked up, you know, diamond in the rough type of dude, even though he was a top recruit, went to Kentucky, all that, but, you know, wasn't supposed to be, you know, a top-ten pick, whatever whatever the case may be. Ben Simmons is a number-one overall pick with still and who still is only 25 with crazy potential and still hasn't tapped into that yet. That's why people are upset. It's because they know how much better he can really be, and he doesn't realize that. I just, I, I don't, I'm just confounded by it. I'm just confused by it. And you know what I would do? I would bleed him out. That's what I'd do, Cliff. I'd yes, bleed him absolutely. out. Like, like he'd get fined every day that he's not in yep. camp next week. Yep. You, you, sit, you let him sit out in his crib, let him ride out there. Maybe he misses a game. Maybe he doesn't d- until you find the right package for you. Don't, whatever you do, do not acquiesce to their demands. Do what's best for your team, your franchise, your fan base, your product. Whatever you do, do not acquiesce to Rich Paul's demands, Ben Simmons' demands, like, hey, I want to go here, I want to be there. Nope, we're going to trade you to wherever you get the best package and whatever works for us. This is not up to you. The ball's in our court now. So you can sit at home, you can do whatever you want, you can put out all the videos you want, but guess what? We're not trading you to where you want to go until we get what we want. You know what, Cliff? I, I can get 50 wins or more with Maxi Curry, Danny Green, <clears throat> Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid, if you healthy. Think so in the East? Huh? You think so in the Eastern Conference? I think it got a, the East got even better uh, this offseason as well, right? Well, you I think you can get 50? Well, I, can't, I don't worry about Boston. Okay. Okay, so I don't worry about them. I don't worry about the Knicks. The Knicks are about a 42-win ball club. It's for, oh, wow. it's okay. it's it's Sorry forty it, well it's forty one and a half in Vegas so I think that I, I okay. I'll take the over there. Okay. I don't worry about Indiana. Okay. Right. Uh, Atlanta is is is, a, is quality. Yes. Sixers are quality. Bucks yes. are quality. Nets are quality. I think and I think the Bulls are somewhere in the amongst I the was eight. About to say what about your Chicago Bulls? No, they got significantly they, better season. They're in the eight, but but not better okay. than those teams I just mentioned though. So they'll be fine for a playing spot basically. No, I, I I think the Bulls are anywhere between six and eight in the East. Okay, okay, I like that. I like that. Yeah. But however, you know, bottom line is the East got better. So let's say you lose and be for, you know, you know, ten, fifteen games this year because you know we can't. You know what is this where you can't play that full eighty two, right? Right. So it's like, and it's going back to eighty two this year as well. You missed nineteen with seventy two games, so that is a bit concerning for me. That that could really you know take your franchise down for a couple of games and and maybe even drop you into like a play in spot you know that that's very concerning for me. So I got I got a Shake Milton I got a, a Corkmas I got a Tybal, yes. yes. Uh, and so I got a decent bench as well. <laughs> yeah, got I got an Andre yeah. Drummond. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, I like that. But I, I will say this: you you won't be as good as you were last season. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. No. You will. Not, you will not be. Uh, but it just. But that's only if Ben does sit out. He says he doesn't want to come back. He, maybe he can come back. And if he does come back, what's that like in the locker room? That's a big question. Uh, so I'm wondering. I think his relationship with the players is cool, right? Like just from what I understand, and some of the people I know, you know, around Philly or whatever, I think he's actually super cool with the players because you know players just live their own life, basically. But for what I understand, him and Tyrese Maxey talk like every day. Uh, him and Embiid are cool. It's just, you know, him and Embiid live two different lives. Embiid's a father. 
you know, has a fiance, whatever case may be. Ben is, you know, out in Cali doing his thing with his girl. And, you know, Danny Green just got married and, and Seth Curry's married. And, you know, it's just dudes just live, you know, a little bit different life. But from what I understand, like, everybody likes Ben. Like, I, I heard, you know, Dwight Howard was like, y'all got to give him words of encouragement after the season when he went on his IG Live after the season when, um you know, everybody was down in the dumps on Ben because of his poor Game 7 performance. So, even, you know, former teammates like Ben. So, I you know, I, I, I don't think it would be any, you know, any love lost there. Like, I feel like if he got back to the locker room, players kind of understand, like, yo, like, this is a business. I get it. I don't think he's angry at the players. I think he's angry at the organization. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And, and by the way, I mentioned this early in the podcast, Cliff, that I, the problem with the Bulls I have is, and I like that they added scoring. I love Lonzo yep. Ball being on the team. Vucevic is a walking double-double. They're just yep. a little small. And that means w- when the Bulls traded marketing, that means mm-hmm. Patrick Williams more than likely will start. He's not even 21 yet. And right. I and I just think that there's room for growth for him. He's not a scorer. He's more of a defender. So I think still that raw too, still raw, yeah. Too. See, that's the, that's the whole issue. Like that. That's my. That's why I give pause to the Bulls and I go, okay, you got more scoring because that's what Zach Levine needed. I'm just concerned yeah. about that. How you're a little small outside of Busevich in that whole rotation. That's a problem for me. And, and not for nothing, Busevich isn't you know an all world defender by any means no. either, right? Like. So, it, you know, that is a bit of a concern. But from the guard slash forward position, you know, you get DeMar DeRozan, you still have Levine, who is kind of – I listen, I love Zach Levine, man. I thought he was a killer last year for y'all, even though things didn't end up well for the Bulls by missing the playoffs or whatever. But I thought he was a, a complete bright spot. And I, didn't, I don't think that was fluky at all either. His, I think that he's got to be happy to know that he has help. He's got. I think those you're gonna be seeing a lot of lobs from Lonzo to Levine. It's gonna be awesome to see. That's gonna be right. great. Or Lonzo to Demar, right? Like, yeah. Demar, Demar still got the ups too. So I and you know even Stanley Johnson might get some tick uh, when he comes in because you know he got the bunnies as well. Yeah. So I, I mean Kobe White, he still got you know some some development that he needs to take care of too himself. That was a high a high draft pick for y'all, but um, as far as like the guard four position, I think the Bulls they got they got some pieces to work with. It, you're right though; it's the front court that needs to be addressed for sure. I'm just uh, I think that the Bulls in that new front office like they're just, like so tired of being in this lottery. It's like okay, right. let's get out out the damn lottery. You know, <laughs> exactly. After after a while, you just want to get better. Because I'll tell you what, the previous regime. Let me just tell you, the previous regime with Gar and Pax. You know what they would have done? They would have been like, ladies and gentlemen, Alex Caruso, and that would have been the end of it right there. That would have been the <laughs> end. Been oh my god, that would have been a big splash. The they got Caruso. Yeah, they got the Caruso. <laughs> yeah, Caruso I mean, would have been I, the biggest I, NBA free uh, free agent pickup in Chicago. Hey man, you got to you got to the one hundred level at the United Center. So <laughs> y'all would y'all would have uh, put unretired to twenty three. Gave it to Caruso. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, that would have been the splash. Like, ladies and gentlemen, a hard, you know, hard hat lunch pail, Alex Caruso. I will tell the bald headband wearing Alex Caruso. I will tell you this though, and this is no, this is not hyperbole. I I do believe LeBron will miss Alex Caruso for his little defensive prowess, like the heart, because you got to have one of those guys if you can on the team. And I just think that this hog wild. You know, the situation with the Lakers, we get all these old heads there. Like, right. man, it's a man, it's a reunion. It's not a basketball team. It's a family reunion. Uh, it's ridiculous. Um, so my thing with the Lakers last year, I thought what killed them, honestly, was just health, really. Yeah. Like, I actually thought their roster could have competed 
and probably would have beat the Suns in that first round had they actually came on and been healthy all season. Right. Um, it's just they had such a tight turnaround. They were in the bubble for the longest. I think the turnaround was literally just like it was it, it was damn. It was only like 90 days or something like that. Like it, it, it honestly wasn't it less actually, John. I think, they, they got out of bubble October and then the season started in December. Yeah, that was so that was unfair for that was I understand right. they want the TV money. I I told listen, I'm an NBA guy. I understand that you want that Christmas Day money and the Christmas Day TV, but that was unfair for the players. 100%. And and here's my thing, Chicago's own Anthony Davis. I've always been high on Anthony Davis, right? Right. My thing with him is if health if he's healthy, I've always thought he was ability-wise a top 3 player in the NBA. Just because of his size is such a factor and his versatility at everything that he can do. His his weakest point is ball handling, but he doesn't have to do that. Like he doesn't, they don't, you know, you have LeBron James for that. And Anthony Davis is seven feet, can guard any position. You saw what he did in the bubble when he guarded Jimmy Butler and pretty much shut him out of that series and got the Lakers that championship. Uh, you know, defensively is crazy, athletic as hell. Is he if he's healthy and he's right? That's that's a scary team, man. All right. Lastly, and I appreciate your time. I want you to give JJ Reddick his flowers. He's retired. <laughs> give me your memories of JJ Reddick. JJ Reddick, man. So uh, the number one memory I have, I, this, I was at this playoff game in Sixers. They were playing Boston, right? Yeah. Um, it's like on the floor is like JJ Reddick. It's like Marco Bellinelli. That's it. This is this is like game four. I want to say this is game four of the Eastern Conference semis back in, like, 2018 or something like that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so, I think Bellinelli hits, like, a deep two, right? And then the Sixers tie the game, right? And they thought they won. The confetti flies all over the arena, right? Everybody, everybody's thinking the Sixers win, right? Right. They check, they check the floor. They do a floor check on Bellinelli's foot. And it's, <laughs> it's just a tie game. Confetti's flying everywhere. People trying to knock down the confetti. J.J. Reddick's celebrating like crazy. And then next thing you know, he just gets like I thought. I think he got like actually like annihilated by Jalen Brown for like a dunk or something like that. <laughs> and, and then it was it was over from there, man. But not. Nah, but honestly, JJ Redick was was a, was a beast. I used to love watching him at Duke because people hated him. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a I thought he was a monster at Duke. I I loved him on the Sixers. I thought he gave us um, some shooting that we needed. I thought we could have won a championship with him that year. Uh, that Kawhi hit the triple, whatever that was, the quadruple doink on the side, game seven to win, to win the series. Right. I thought I thought that was our best chance to win it. Um, unfortunately, things didn't go our way. But uh, Jaden Reddick was just a dog, man. He was he's so good for the game. Just a shooter, always competed, just went hard every single night. Magic days. I was a big Magic fan when him and Dwight teamed up, and they had Turgaloo, Shard Lewis. They had uh, Jameer just shooters all around, and he was one of them. All all those days he spent in Orlando. I, I, man, I, we got we got to pay respect to JJ Reddick, and he's gonna keep doing things with that podcast. He got the um, the three and the old man, yeah, which I tune into sometimes too. So definitely, definitely shout out to JJ Reddick. Clippers too. Don't forget about the Clippers too, mm-hmm. where they underachieved as well. So shout out to JJ Reddick, man. Like just a, just a true dog for the sport of basketball. Definitely gonna miss him uh, being in the game for sure. I thought he, I thought he still had time in the league too. Actually, 
And so did I. So 37 years of age, played with six teams, the Magic, the Clippers, the 76ers, the Pelicans, the yep. Bucks, and the Mavericks, averaged 12.8 points a game in 940 regular season games, 1,950 career makes from three, which makes him 15th in NBA history in that category. So we just want to give yep. J.J. Redick his flowers today. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you have any thoughts on this Ben Simmons thing, man? I want to hear what you honestly think. Well, I think that Ben Simmons, as I said this earlier in the podcast, I'll say it here, that I think that Ben Simmons, if it was baseball, he is missing two tools, right? He's like a three-tool player. Great def- great defensively, can get to the basket. Those things are, are great. You know, can be yeah. at his size to be able to dribble the basketball and harness an offense. I love that. But the thing is, for, for Ben is it's the easiest thing for anybody to do is just walk away, just quit, right? It's easy right. for them to do that. But imagine, look around that locker room. Look at the town around that locker room. Don't I, I would say don't quit. Here's the mm-hmm. thing. like If you think that you can get better, get better. And don't come in like you always come in and just saying, no, nah, I'm good with the layups. I'm just good with just being a great, be great defensive player. Right. He, I, I, I don't like that he settles and I hate to just rip players, Cliff, but I mean it's just so evident when you through through your agent when you just say, "Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna bounce." Why? So so the, so so here's the thing: you'll have the same problems in Portland or Cleveland or Sacramento or wherever the hell they're going to trade you. It'll be the same problem at a different team if you're not trying to get better. If you're not trying to get better, you you're just getting worse. Right. So I, I truly wonder what you know. he actually cares about and what the true reasoning is behind this because just from what I understand, none of the reasonings that I'm hearing is acceptable. Right? Like I like there's nothing that's actually valid from his viewpoint that I think warrants him wanting out of Philly. I think the city has showed him so much love over the years. Yes. I think the fan base actually really loves the guy. Like I don't like of course, people are going to rip you no matter what. That's just the way the thing goes. But last year, especially coming off of last year, people showed him so much love. And, like, I, I just – I truly don't get it. it. It honestly is just mind-boggling. The other cherry on the Sunday with this is you're doing this to Doc Rivers. Right. Why? I mean, he's the ultimate players' coach, but he'll defend you to the hilt. Yeah, he was but pissed off, and, but, but you and, and but you all instead and and still you want to go someplace else. You think that the? I mean, sure, the Lakers would move heaven and earth for you, but you know what? If you got the same skill set, what's the point? If you ain't gonna try to get better, then what? Then why go someplace else? I think you nailed it on the head, and this is something that no one else has said, and you told me this a couple times. You, he's afraid of failure. Right, dude, it's you like, you gotta fail to be able to succeed. What, I was just, look, not enough for nothing. Like, why? Why? Who are you afraid to fail in front of? Right, like you miss a jumper. Okay, at least you try it. What's the old saying? You miss a hundred percent of shots you don't take. Yeah, like what's what's wrong with having that dog mentality? At least you try. Do you ever see Russell Westbrook get killed? <laughs> For, for not trying or not giving any type of effort. Maybe he gets killed for actually missing shots, which is, which, you know, that, that comes with the territory of just playing basketball in general, right? Like, people kill you for the lack, you know, your skill set or the lack thereof, depending on what your shortcomings are. Yeah, and un- unfortunately, think- unfortunately, the, sh- the, the shitty media and fans sometimes <laughs> get on him because he tries too hard, which is just amazing. Right. But at least, at least, uh, at least he's trying, right? Like, like you can't knock the dude for going hard every single night. At least with Ben Simmons, I I could live with myself knowing that I went hard at everything I did 
and not that I felt comfortable with everything I did. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, you know, for, like in this industry, right, I could live with myself if I tried my hardest and I did it and I didn't make it to where I wanted to be at the end of the day. But at least I could live with myself and say, like, look, like I put in effort. I took risks. I did this. I did that. I moved here. I did this. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I could live with that. I, I couldn't live with myself if I didn't take that shot. You know? Yeah, I just... I, I don't understand it. Hopefully something could be worked out. And and I, I will stand by my, my thought is, is that if nothing can be worked out, you don't have to trade just before the season. You do it when you want to do it. If you're the right, Sixers, exactly. you hold all the chips, you hold his contract. He can't, he literally can't do anything until the Sixers make the move. Like he has no control over this, where he goes whatsoever. One thing he has control of is whether he shows up or not. That's it. All right, as we get closer to the season, Cliff, I'm going to call you back because I want to get your thoughts uh, overall on the East. Look, man, I'm not just a Sixers fan. You know I like the whole NBA landscape. Call me back anytime, brother. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I have New Orleans Pelicans thoughts, so I'll ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, I'm, I'm on the Zion train all day, so you can definitely hit me up about that. <laughs> so, uh, we'll, we'll break that down. We'll break down why the Van Gundys continue to be hired. Uh, Stan Van Gundy. Why, why does Stan continue to be hired? I mean, dude, dude I'm at the... Just, uh, Stan, just stay on TV, man. That's yeah, your, that's your right dude, just just you're great, you're great at breaking the game. Now, just stay there, brother. It's like, okay, Stan. So, what happened in New Orleans? How come you were one and done? Well, we had philosophical differences. <laughs> what can differences can you have? You are pushing Zion out of New Orleans, dude. You're pushing him out. Why? Oh, I'm so frustrated with this, man. Oh, man, it's crazy, man. It's so crazy. <laughs> we need to, we need to be in the front office somewhere. Man. Yes, yes. I want I want that Amin El Hassan money. That's what I want. Exactly. I want to exactly. I want exactly. to be like Amin, like third or fourth down in the you know down the right. rung, you know out of people's way, you know just right. making a few decisions, leaving, you know di- you know dipping in and out. That's what I want to do. That's it, man. Just just call some shots, and that's it. That's all I want. Yeah, I don't want Daryl Morey's chair. I just want, like, the third or fourth <laughs> chair. That's what I want. Right. This is all that he doesn't follow me, whereas <laughs> people don't even know who I am. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I want. I want to be a scout or something. Exactly. Cliff, thank you, man. I appreciate you as always. Always, man. Just give me, you know, time and place, man. Just hit me up. You know, I'm ready to go. Cliff Augustin from ESPN Radio giving us his thoughts. Big Philly fan. Watches the Atlantic Division very closely. Glad that he's with us here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings, whether it's for the NBA season upcoming or the NFL season or if it's for baseball and the playoffs right around the corner, use that promo code WMVP. Again, WMVP, that's our station, to get a free shot at millions of dollars until the prizes with your first deposit. That's code WMVP only at DraftKings. It's the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL and also great for the NBA and any other sports you're looking for. Go to DraftKings. They support us, so we want you to support them. So very soon, right around the corner, we'll have another podcast as we get get closer and closer to the NBA season. Training camps for the NBA are opening very, very soon here next week as we record this on the 22nd of September. So if you're looking for someone to talk NBA, make sure you hit me up on Twitter, twitter twitter.com, tweetjhood, Instagram, igjhood. I'd love to get your feedback on our podcast and your thoughts about anything else around the NBA, the Bulls. Stuff in the West, storylines around the league. Love to get your feedback. Same thing with college basketball right around the corner as well. I got my UIC Flames 
basketball schedule. I'll be doing TV with Chris Bluck again. Uh, we got re-signed to do UIC Flames basketball and then out of the Horizon League in the Chicagoland area. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, again, any thoughts on basketball, you come here because basketball is hood the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Thanks so much for checking in.